Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Sports Night Podcast, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint on the Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Network. My name is Chris Yao, as always, joined by Maurice Patton. Of course, we want to take a moment to thank our sponsors, Beck Dental Care, who we really appreciate giving us all the shout-outs on uh, Facebook and, and social media. Of course, Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Custom Stone Handlers, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, our title sponsor. Custom Stone Handlers believes in leadership, and outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. Contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Maurice, let's talk a little bit um, about some of the other big stories we had this week outside of football being absolutely insane. Um, <laughs> As per usual. <laughs> this is the weirdest thing, man. It's, it's 2020. 2020. What are you going to know? That's it. Um, Speaking of 2020. Speaking of 2020, the cross-country state championship since 1971 has been held at Percy Warner Park. At the Iroquois Steeplechase course, yeah. And this year, because of COVID-19 restrictions uh, in Davidson County, Mm -hmm. that will not be the case. Exactly. Um, It was announced Friday by the TSSAA that the state championships will take place at Sanders Ferry Park in Hendersonville, which um, has been used for cross-country meets at the, you know, during the regular season and at the regional level. But um, obviously this will be the first time that it's been used for the state championships. And um, spoke with Bernard Childress, executive director of the TSSAA on Friday. And, and, you know, they really were reluctant to move this meet from the Iroquois steeplechase. Sure. Obviously, they have quite a history there, 49 straight years. But with the restrictions in Metro Davidson County and um, not knowing what's going to happen between now and the first weekend in November, they felt like they needed to go ahead and get that nailed down and let people know what's going on, especially for the fact that in moving it to Sanders Ferry Park in Hendersonville, what had been a one-day event on Saturday, the first Saturday in November, is now going to be two days. Mm-hmm. Division one will run on Thursdays. Division two will run on Fridays. So, so you've broken that up so that you don't have so many people in one place at one time. But the fact is that you know people needed to know that and be able to get ready for that um, in a timely fashion. So, cross country state championships, Hendersonville, November. Fifth and sixth. Right. Yeah. And speaking of Sanders Ferry Park, um, over the weekend, mm-hmm. Independence's cross country uh, girls team placed pretty well. I mean, if you if you're gonna do well at a cross country meet early in the season, it's it's nice to know that that's where the state championships are gonna be held. Exactly. They finished second with uh, Julia Halterman. She actually became fifth overall in the history of independence with her personal record 1904 finish uh, on Saturday so her personal record puts her at number five on the all-time Indy 5k list which is pretty big for them well and you have to realize independence has had some runners come through there 
That's so, right. I mean, it's that's a big deal to be in the top five of any of all time. Yeah. And then two other top ten finishes, Emma Wilson and Janie Halterman, both took top Janie ten. Janie and Julia, huh? They're and, not related, are they? <laughs> probably. <laughs> who knows uh, what what the grade are, grades <laughs> are, but. Um, and on top of that, the boys finished sixth uh, overall, but they had two top ten finishers in uh, Preston Hansley and Nate Martinez, who finished fifth and seventh. So a good a good day overall for Independence in, in general. Strong performance for, for Luke Finley's crew there. Absolutely. On, on a course that hopefully they'll be back on here in a few months. They definitely expect that, that they'll have at least a couple runners, if not their team. Right. They'll, they'll definitely have some state qualifiers, as they typically do. Um, other cross country news: We were supposed to have a cross country meet uh, at Chickasaw. At Chickasaw Trace, yeah. Um, Adam Trout out at Santa Fe had kind of discovered that. Uh, said that his family likes to uh, ride the bike trails out there, and and there was there had been a county meet with um, Cullioca Spring Hill, Columbia Central, scheduled to run in that. Um, and it seems as though either the rain from the weekend or some rain coming in has put that in question. And also, Central Central's team has been quarantined, so they would not be there under any circumstances. But the meet may or may not take place, so if you're interested in this meet, check in with one of those coaches and, and try to get some more definitive information than we have right now. Yeah. All right, let's move on to volleyball. A couple of a couple of big weekends for some teams, uh, local teams. Summit went 4-0 last week. They beat Page and Franklin, both 2-0. So um, big week for the Lady Spartans. And Independence also beat Page 3-1. Uh, but down in Lawrenceburg, we had a big tournament. The border battle every, every year is a, a big deal. Uh, several local teams play in it. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and I would assume by its name that they have some teams come up from Alabama, maybe. Assuming yeah. they they do, um, none of the teams that – and they may have an Alabama bracket and a and then a Tennessee bracket and then, like, pool play or something. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how it works. But we do know that Summertown took second place uh, to Murfreesboro Central Magnet mm-hmm. uh, despite beating them earlier in the day. You so, know, when, when you play those um, – pool play round robin type formats you can get that kind of thing and and you know summertime the defending class a state champion not real used to losing this was their first of the year as a matter of fact yeah so, their, uh, their first loss of the year but they did beat spring hill murfreesboro central marshall county and loretto all two to nothing in during the day uh but again lost to murfreesboro central in the finals to 2-0 so Still a great day for Andrea Kelly and her bunch. I'm mm-hmm. sure that they're you know they're not excited about losing, but I mean it's it's a tournament. It gets you prepared to play those long, grueling days in that regional and state. Exactly, know, and, and and I'm not sure that the Lady Eagles are too concerned about a, a loss in August. No, <laughs> I, I, that's I don't think their their season goal is to win the Lawrence County Border Battle. <laughs> 
with all due respect to the Lawrence County border battle, exactly. Hey, you're going down there later today, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll be down there this afternoon, uh, this evening, uh, for the Spring Hill Summertown game. So if you're out and about, come say hello. We'd love to, to, to give you a magazine or just, just shake hang, your hand. Yeah, out. yeah, just give you a fist bump or you know, whatever. We're, yeah. we're all for it. So, um, yeah, big. The, this area is really getting um, – Getting some volleyball uh, momentum. Momentum, sure. Mm-hmm. And it's I'm really excited about it. And I, and I know that you've got you're going to a volleyball game this afternoon as I'm well. I'm excited to see um, Kolioka and Columbia Central. Um, excited to see uh, first year coach Megan Kilburn's team on the floor for the for the Lady Lions. And and again, an all county matchup there against Kolioka. Um, I think Central was Central at the border battle as well. Uh, yes, they were. Okay. Um, so, getting getting some work in this past weekend, Columbia Central was. Yeah, there are actually several um, several games today. Columbia Academy is scheduled to travel to Battle Creek. No, no, no. Battleground. I'm sorry, Battleground, not Battle Creek. No, it's a middle school. Yeah. <laughs> Columbia Academy is scheduled to go to Battleground Academy, BGA. Zion will play at Mount Pleasant, of course, Kalioka at Central, and Spring Hill at Summertown. So, and several games tomorrow as well. Um, so make sure if you if you want to watch some volleyball, there's plenty of options today and tomorrow. So be sure and check the schedule at sm-tnsports.com. We've got all of your fall sports for the week um, as far as the information that we have. And right. if you don't see your team listed. Ask your coach to send us a schedule. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're we're happy to put it on there if we if we can find it. Uh, we are, like I said, we are we are excited and, and happy to let you guys know what is happening. Um, moving on to soccer, girls soccer. Uh, there's one game today. Mm-hmm. Um, Grace Christian at Zion. Uh, whatever time that may be. Uh, that I would guess around five or six. But. Yeah. In the evening, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. make sure to get out there for that. And then tomorrow is a full slate. You can see the schedule there on the screen. It is um, uh, absolutely just – Some interesting matchups there. I'm intrigued by that Father Ryan Independence game. I think there are a lot of – I mean, it's kind of hard to to say that you, you couldn't find a game that you – a soccer match that you would want to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's plenty of options, especially Richland and Hickman County. Um Richland's still trying to, you know, build off last year, mm-hmm. but figuring some thing at some things out right now. Yeah. So it's a a lot of of options for you to see girls soccer. Some at Brentwood CA at Webb, um, East Hickman at Cullioka, Father Ryan at Independence, Richland at Hickman County, Spring Hill at Lincoln County, and then uh, Middle Tennessee Christian at Zion. So Zion playing back to back. Yeah. We'll uh, see how that how that plays into their um that can wear on some legs yeah, you would think yeah, yeah their their durability so we'll see um and uh, over the week the only the only score that we know of uh summit lost to pope john paul ii brooklyn lewis did get a goal uh but the spartans lose five to one yeah so there you go when we come back we're going to talk about high school football we've got um Several games to talk about, some that were played on Thursday, one that was played on Friday, one that was played on Saturday. It was a weekend full of high school football, which isn't necessarily always a bad thing. So when we come back, we'll talk about all those on Sports Night presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. 
Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. And welcome back to Sports Night, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Um, Maurice, you went to the Central Dixon County game and saw a very unique situation to start the scoring process. Very, anyway. very unique score early in that ball game. Dixon County's first two offensive possessions resulted in safeties. One on a punt snap that um, the punter had to chase down and just fall on in the end zone. One on a shotgun snap on second down that went through the back of the end zone. So midway through the first quarter, it's four to nothing, Columbia Central. Which is the weirdest high school football score I think I've ever seen. It, it was bizarre. I mean, I even talked to Jason Holt after the game, and he said, you know, you've seen two to nothing, but yeah. four to nothing? He said, I was wondering what inning it was. <laughs> Who's pitching? Yeah, somebody hit a grand slam early in that one, I uh, guess. But, yeah, um, and then – I was about to say, it, wasn't all, it was all defense in the first half for Central. It was all defense with Nick, Nick Butler getting the first of his two interceptions um, shortly before halftime and returning it for a touchdown to make it a 10 nothing game at the half before the Lion offense finally got involved. They, um, they came out of halftime, went to a smokestack eye, and, and 13 of 15 plays were running plays um, – ending with a Christian bigger short yardage touchdown, and, and they just kind of pulled away from there. Yeah, it was a an interesting night because when you look at the stat sheet, you know, you you go, wow, Dixon County had a runner, a guy rushed for 125 yards, but they had 64 total yards offense because of those two snaps. Yeah, exactly. So, it, it, crazy. Yeah, and, you know, we talked a lot about this Columbia Central defense last year. You wouldn't have thought – and losing a David Bailey that they would be where they are two games into the season, but that defense is salty. They are they are creating some problems for some folks. Obviously they're gonna get a test this Definitely this the time weekend. to have to, to get to get excited though and then be having a good year. Yeah, so um but yeah, off to a two and zero start. Um and the defense is anchoring a lot of that for Central right now. Absolutely. Um Again, they get a 23-7 win over Dixon County on Thursday, Thursday of last week. That's going to be really difficult to, like, remember, get through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, yeah, I'll tell you, on Thursday night when I'm checking Twitter, mm-hmm. I see a wild score. Mm-hmm. I see Zion Christian and Fayetteville at halftime tied at 8 what we didn't know at the time was that Zion actually scored first. They were leading eight to nothing going into the second quarter. Uh, this was not uh, anything that we expected. You know, it was very. Again, not that we are you know downing Zion, but this is a Fayetteville team that went undefeated last year outside of their forfeits, mm-hmm. and Zion obviously coming off of a short week. Not a tough a, loss. A tough loss. Just, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you see the mental toughness in your kids, and in the first half, they showed that they were ready to they were ready to come out and play. Now, as the game went on, Fayetteville scored 35 unanswered points, but at halftime it was 8-8. Eight to eight. I think you have to be proud of the 
the way your team played if you're Brad Lowry. You know, Zion, we talk about it every year, they just don't have the depth to compete with some of these schools like Fayetteville. Yeah, it's tough, you know, from a number standpoint, from an athlete standpoint, they just aren't quite there. But, but again, to go to Fayetteville in a, you know, a fairly hostile environment when you consider Fayetteville was coming off a tough loss in their opener over at Marion County. So they, they came in there with a particular chip on their shoulders. So um, to go in there and get up early on those guys, like you said, you got to think that Brad Lowry feels pretty good about what he's putting on the field and how they're performing out there. It's just tough to sustain it for 48 minutes when you have the numbers that they have. Sure. They did. Uh, they, they fall to Fayetteville, forty-one to sixteen. They did put up another eight points in the fourth quarter, so mm-hmm. they scored scored twice. Uh, but good job by Zion to get out there and actually, you know, come out ready to play and do you know and, and put some pressure on the home team. Sure. Obviously, I mean you're you're up eight nothing early. It's tied eight to eight at halftime. I mean. Fable coaching staff had to go in there and, and, and talk about some things at halftime. Sure, absolutely. Uh, I'll tell you, talk about halftime adjustments and whatnot. Richland we talked about in week one. They made some halftime adjustments, and they scored 19 second half points against Rodgers. Come out against Collinwood and get down 8-6 to six early. Um, this was a game that Richland really felt like they needed to win. And with about two and a half minutes to go in the second quarter, quarterback Sam Edwards hits Ethan Earhart on a 24-yard touchdown pass on fourth and like 22. So they could have gotten a first down at like the two-yard line. But absolutely throws a – heaves it to the end zone. Earhart comes down with it. They score. They go up 13-8, to and it was all Richland from there. And that's, you know, that's a huge sequence right there. I mean, in a game that you kind of feel like you really need to win, coming off of that loss mm-hmm. at Rogers, you're down 8-6. It's fourth down. You're in. You're approaching the red zone. Or I just got knocked out of the red zone. That could very well. Well, yeah. It was yeah. fourth and 22. Yeah. So. so, yeah, yeah, you're right. So, you're thinking, we, we need to get something right here. And and they came through, took the lead right there, and, and pulled away. That's, that's a big win in the home opener for the Raiders, I think. It really is. And because of the, the catalyst for this offense, the, the offense runs through Austin Seals. He had 17 carries, 193 yards, and just absolutely – pounds the football for that team and without him being that that catalyst and the guy that they turn to I don't know that they're able to grind the clock and uh, obviously they also gave up a safety because it was eight to six and they scored Collinwood scored 10 points so Richland Thursday, big night for safety. Big night for safeties anyway. Uh, But yeah, I mean, either way, Austin Seals, big night for him and if he, you know, if he continues to do what he does, Richland has a chance to be very competitive in that region. Certainly, because if he's doing that or something close to that, takes a lot of pressure off Edwards, the junior quarterback who missed last year with a knee injury. He had, um, in addition to the touchdown pass, he finished with 109 rushing yards. And so when you can come with those two running threads mm-hmm. and with a guy that can throw it around a little bit, as you said, in that region, they're going to have a chance every night out. 
it's going to be exciting. And speaking of that region, this is a big week for that for that one. They they get Mount Pleasant on Friday, and we'll talk about that on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Super excited about that game. And finally, before we talk about uh, Friday night's games, we'll get to the final Thursday contest as Summertown defeated Wayne County 26-6. It was pretty much Summertown the whole way. I talked to um, I talked to Alan Moat, offensive mm-hmm. coordinator out at Summertown, and despite him being the offensive coordinator, you know, we talked about there was a lot more passing in this game than we expected. Both teams coming in went two for eleven. No, one, one for nine. One for nine. One the previous for nine. week. Yeah, Wayne County had been one for six for two yards in their loss to Loretto, and Summertown had been 0 for 3 right. in that 13-12 win over Mount Pleasant to open the year. So you were you were expecting the clock to never stop. Huh? Yeah, and then after a 15-minute weather delay, we, we got playing, and next thing you know, Summertown's throwing it all around the place, and it was just it was crazy. But they still ran for 47 times for 236 yards, uh, big night for Javen Edmiston, of course. He's he's the straw that stirs that drink for mm-hmm. sure. But, you know, Moat was telling me, you know, th- we wanted to make Wayne County beat us throwing the football. We were going to force them to throw the football. Here's the thing. They didn't do it poorly. I mean, outside of a couple of – I think he had one interception, but not a bad night for – for Wayne County throwing the football. They completed 10 passes and scored a touchdown, threw a touchdown pass. So, you know, it, it just wasn't enough. Summertown, they're really, really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see this team when I finally get the opportunity to. They, um, in that Region 5-2A, they're definitely going to be competitive, I think, with with the Lewis Counties and the Eagle Bulls and Forest. So, uh, and Drew some top ten votes in the Associated Press poll last week. Expect them to continue to do so. They might even crack through this time. With the Forest loss, I can set, definitely see Summertown being uh, a threat to, to crack the top ten this week. So, big night for Javen Edmiston, Anakin Johnson, and, of course, Colton Schaefer, who, you know, again, played pretty well. Um he threw. He only completed three passes. Uh, three passes. One of them was a beautiful touchdown pass. I'm telling you, there's a highlight of it. If you if you're watching the video of this, you're you're going to see it. But a, just a beautiful touchdown pass. Once he gets you know settled down and it's not raining and wet and the ball's slipping everywhere, I think it's it's going to be something special to watch this kid toss it around just a little bit. So really excited about. The continuation of the Eagles, uh, they get a 26-6 win over Wayne County. When we come back, we're going to talk about Friday night and Saturday games. I know that was a, a unique experience on Friday night to watch high school football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> At least this week it was. Anyway, we're going to talk about that and more when we come back on Sports Night, presented by Mid-Genesee Bone & Joint. Beck Dental Care is committed to personalized and comfortable dental care. Located in Columbia, Beck Dental Care has proudly served Murray County for more than 40 years. For your dental needs, call today at 931-388-8452 or visit beckdentalcare.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back to Sports Night, the podcast presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. 
Maurice, on Friday night, I got a chance to go out to Columbia Academy. Um, you got wet. Well, I didn't get wet, but that's because I had a little makeshift contraption where I put my backpack on and then I stuffed an umbrella behind my, in between my back and the backpack and it covered me. <laughs> so. Do we have pictures? I, there, I don't know that there are any photos, uh, but. I think this is a this is an option that most people should if you're looking for an option on the sideline or to keep from getting wet it's not a bad deal got your backpack umbrella it, it works that's all I can say I don't know anything else but it works there you go and it was when you, you, talk you, about wet, you, you may not remember you might not be old enough to remember the Brock umbrella Blue no. rocks. It, it, it like the one that sat on your head, exactly, like a, mm-hmm. like a hat. Mm-hmm. See, those wouldn't be big enough, though. I need, I needed one that would cover my my notepad. See, and that's the most important thing on Friday nights: protect the stats. <laughs> that's right, protect the stats at all costs. Uh, I didn't get wet, but everybody else on the field did, uh, including. They didn't have backpacks they, and they umbrellas. They didn't have backpacks and they had helmets and shoulder pads. Uh, on the opening kickoff, Columbia Academy kicks off. And it hits the receiver right in the chest and bounces about 20 yards downfield. Columbia Academy picks it up. Uh, Franklin Walker actually recovered the fumble and actually returned it a few yards, but you can't advance a fumble on a kickoff mm. um, in high school football, so they had to move it back to about the 30-ish. Uh, he ran for a couple yards, and then on fourth down, a just perfect throw. I mean, a perfect throw, 25-yard touchdown pass, puts Columbia Academy up 7-0. Next, very next drive, Columbia Academy's defense just absolutely manhandled Shovel. Again, this is kind of like the Zion thing where Mm -hmm. it's all about about the depth Mm -hmm. and how, you know, how do you control – the depth and having to play both ways against a team that's in 5A that probably right. doesn't have a lot of both two-way players. Shovel comes out, three and out, automatic. Cade Cunningham is also the punter for for uh, Shovel, and he punts it a total of three yards. So once again, Columbia Academy set up inside the 30. They get down to the four after a 15-yard run by Franklin Walker, and – Line up in that weird field goal formation. Mm-hmm. You know, the one where all the linemen are on the, the left. Swing and gate or the whatever. Swing and gate and the kicker's back there. And you might throw it to him. You might bring the line over. I, there's so many options, right? Well, Charlie Lansdale elects to snap the ball, throws a slant pass, and it's knocked away. Um, defender may or may not have gone through the receiver to get to the ball. <laughs> I like the way but you that's put that. that's neither – I mean, it clearly was not a penalty because there was no flag on the play. <laughs> so there you and go. from there on, it's all Shelby. And that was, that was pretty much it. And now, I will say, Columbia Academy's defense, outside of the final drive of the second quarter, that first half, they were dominant. I mean, dominant. And then Shovel puts together a pretty good drive to end the half. They go up eight to seven, and it was twenty nine unanswered. They get a twenty nine to seven win over Columbia Academy. But this is a, a team that when the quarterfinals in Class Five A, you're talking about a Columbia Academy Class A team. You know, it's honestly, it's a tough matchup. It's a tough matchup from the start. Um, 
Columbia Academy a little inexperienced in some in some places. They're having to some guys are going from complementary roles to to premier roles mm-hmm. and making that transition again with the preseason that everybody's had this year or lack of. Lack of, yeah. It's it's really kind of tough. So uh, I am. Obviously, I don't think you've seen the best of this CA team to this point. No, but uh, like I like I talked to Coach Lansdowne after the game, it was this is a game against a very strong team. They get a bye week this week, so it's preparing them for that brutal three week stretch of Nashville Christian Davidson Academy and the USJ. Yeah, which were state champion, region champion, state runner up. <laughs> it's pretty tough. Yeah, that ain't no fun. So, what I mean, that, that's it, it's going to be a tough stretch. But Coach Lansdale believes he's got a, a a mind, a team with a a serious mindset who believes that they can compete with anybody on any given night. So, yeah, and they proved it in that first half. They absolutely proved it. Sure. That game was definitely not nearly as lopsided as the score may indicate. Mm-hmm. So there you go. On Saturday. Afternoon, with sweat dripping God. off your face. Man, you got I don't, to watch. I don't believe I have ever been as hot at a high school football game as I was Saturday. Two o'clock kickoff for Summit in Spring Hill, and you know, kudos first of all to Brian Coleman and Ben Martin for for playing that game at two o'clock on a Saturday afternoon in August in Middle Tennessee. Yeah, kudos or. I don't no, know. no, kudos because, because I think the 10 a.m. kickoffs in in Murfreesboro <laughs> worked out okay. <laughs> yeah, but but that would have required me to have gotten up. So oh, uh, that's true. <laughs> and kids, man, on Saturday you ain't gonna make them get up at eight o'clock in the morning to exactly. a football well, game. They Shoot. have to get up earlier than that. Yeah. But but you know, um, particularly with the community climate that we have right now with with the pandemic and everything you know you don't want to miss an opportunity to play a ball game if you can keep from it and so they weren't able to play on Thursday night because of the weather Um, Friday night they did not anticipate being any better and so they pushed it to Saturday two o'clock allowed the field to dry a little bit more so Mm. you know and and for the most part other than the heat it wasn't bad, other than the heat. Yeah, that heat was rough, apparently. <laughs> yeah. but Dude, the pictures turned out really cool. Those, it looked like a like a, a Saturday afternoon college football game. Exactly. Shout out to, to the Twitterless Rick Bue. Did a great job with that stuff. But, um, you know, Summit pretty much did what a 5A state runner-up is supposed to do against a, a Spring Hill team coming off of a tough loss to Columbia Central the week before. They led this thing 21 to nothing. Late in the second quarter, Spring Hill gets a big ball from um, Luca Boylan to, to Ramon Kelly. Really, it wasn't that big a ball. It was a short short throw and a big run yeah. for Kelly to get on the board just inside the two-minute mark. Summit comes back down and scores right at the horn to halftime to make it 28-7. Destin Wade gets out of the ball game along with Brady Pierce and Caleb Jolly, but Wade, 14 of 20 for 253 and two touchdowns and a half. Yeah, that's a, that's a good day for it. And, and that was what you said, you know, when you talked to Coach Collinwood about just 
forcing Destin to sit in the pocket and make throws. Yeah, and and I tell you what, man, he throws a pretty ball. He does. <laughs> and he looks good doing it. He 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 stands there at six two, six three and just really commands presence in the pocket. He he rips it, man. He and um and they've got some guys who can go get it, you know, with Pierce, with Jolly, with Brandon King, um Zach Switzer. You 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 got options in the passing game and and they are doing a great job of taking advantage of them and and he had a clean pocket most all day sure so um big game for him big game for summit two and oh going into um this weekend's region 55a opener down at columbia central yeah. all right moving on after summit gets a 28 to 7 win spring hill on saturday let's give out some awards what do you say all right we're going to talk about the Custom Stone Handlers Team of the Week. And I think if, if we could just give it to the Columbia Central defense, we probably would, but we're going to give it to the whole team because, <laughs> because in that first drive of the second half, they lined up and just absolutely shoved it down Dixon County. They Street. did, yeah. And, you know, it was, it was reminiscent of their game last year against Spring Hill where they tried they trailed, I think, 12 nothing at halftime, came out and just pounded the ball for about 80 yards and a score and really could, kind of took control, took momentum in that ball game and went on to the victory. And it, it looked a lot like that. They showed some smokestack eye, which is one of my favorite high school football offenses with the, the, the fullback, the midback, and, and the, um, the deep tail. And... Um, Watson Harvey, Antoine Moore, and and Christian Biggers really got some work done there in that that first drive to start the third quarter, and and again they just kind of took control from there. Um, Jace Hoth with a touchdown catch from Brady McCandless to wrap up the score in there, but you know, kind of a momentum momentum switcher right there to to start that second half for sure. for Columbia Central, and after the two safeties. And the Nick six. Butler pick six to um, to kind of put the Cougars on their heels early on. So yeah, I, I think um, team of the week sure. is is a is a um, deserving honor. It, it was a very very good win for Columbia Central. Uh, everybody got in, involved. So mm-hmm. that's that's what's important. Let's talk about our player of the week. What well, do you say? Well, we talked about him a little earlier. Um, Pretty much the catalyst, even though he did not score in Richland's 26 to 10 win over Collinwood. Austin Seals, 17 carries, 193 yards, and um, you know when you're when you're gaining a first down every time you touch the ball, that's that's not a bad day. Yeah, that's it's it's tough to argue with nearly 200 yards rushing uh, from anybody on any given night, but especially when your team absolutely needs you to to be that guy mm-hmm. and to get first downs and re- keep the clock running just to get your team a win. So big night for Austin Seals. Congratulations to that young man. And finally, we're, we've are we got our Scholar Athlete of the Week is a player who didn't get to play this week, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, congratulations to Brigham Morakal of, of Independence, our Scholar Athlete of the Week. Um, Independence was scheduled to play um, Thursday against Christ Presbyterian Academy again, weather dictated otherwise. They were scheduled otherwise. to play Friday. <laughs> they moved it to Thursday, and they just decided not to play it. Yeah, so um, 
tough break for those kids, but um, congratulations to Mr. Morikal, who is our Scholar Athlete of the yeah. Week this week. Three three point five star uh, recruit and uh, twenty six on the ACT, so that's that's pretty good. I that mean, ain't bad. That I, that'll, that'll get you that'll get you some money. That will. That'll it get you some money. Will. So yep. there you go. Congratulations, to that young man did had a great game two weeks ago mm-hmm. uh, against Summit. So you know one of those options for Jackson Campbell on the outside that we keep talking about. So very important for him. Coaches, if you've got someone you want us to consider for Scholar Athlete of the Week, please email us their information at sports at sm-tnsports.com. Yes, absolutely. Any sport does not matter um, that's uh, that's playing right now. We want to definitely honor those kids who are excelling both in the classroom and on the playing surface. Playing surface. <laughs> Whatever that the may be. <laughs> field, court, course. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Get us those names. Absolutely. All right. So let's talk about our picks brought to you by Jamie Davis Allstate. You're in good hands with Jamie Davis. For a free quote, call 615-392-1122 and make sure to tell her that Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. Um, well, we had we picked seven games. We did. As we said, CPA and Independence did not play. But I'll tell you, it was a pretty good week. Uh, it doesn't get much better than 6 and up. It doesn't. No, I'll take that. I'll take that every week. Would have um, taken 7 and 0. <laughs> nonetheless, 6 and 0 both ways. Uh, it, it almost feels like it was kind of uh, pre, predestined. predestined that. Yeah. The games, you know, we're going to go that way because we picked them because obviously he has a crystal ball. So I didn't see that CPA independence thing. Didn't though. see that one coming. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Either way, 6 no this week, both of us. Uh, you know, honestly, it's one of, those, one of those weeks where you feel good about what you're, you know, the picks you're making and that sort of thing. So I'm not saying that you should listen to us on Thursday. But you should probably I'm just, listen I'm to just saying that you should listen to us on Thursday. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Is it, I, I hate that our game of the week was the one game canceled. But, I was uh, really looking forward to that ball game. You know, CPA coming off that win over at Riverdale to open the season. Mm-hmm. And just to see how centen- – I'm sorry. How? Centennial. How Independence built on that last second loss to Summit because I think they were going to come out. And, and, and as we talked Thursday, it's not like they play badly No, they didn't Summit, play poorly. But, and I was just interested to see how they bounce back from that. Sure. So I guess now we'll have to see Friday at Centennial in their Region 6-6A opener how they bounce back from That's that. That's going to be a great game, too. I'm I really excited. So. Don't forget to find us on uh, Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, at SM underscore TN Sports on Twitter and Instagram. And then, of course, at SMTN Sports on Facebook. You can you can join our group, Southern Middle Tennessee Sports, the group on Facebook as well. And, of course, the website, sm-tnsports.com. Got a lot of great stuff coming up this week. You're not going to want to miss it. Make sure to subscribe to our website. Absolutely free to do so. Uh, it doesn't take anything. All you got to do is just go to our website. Type in your email, hit subscribe, and everything we we write and publish will go directly to your inbox, and you can open it and read it from there. It's going to be it's it's a great tool to keep up with high school and other local sports in the area. So we appreciate you guys so much. Make sure to follow us. Make sure that you give Jamie Davis a call, whose sponsors are uh, our picks each week. 
615-392-1122 and tell her that we sent you uh it's gonna it's absolutely free for you guys so we're trying to do everything we can to keep you guys informed and make your lives a little bit better in southern middle tennessee so we appreciate everything that you guys are doing we'll see you on friday night hopefully uh, at this point, it looks like games are going to be played on Friday night this week. So let's just knock on wood. Uh, other than that, we'll see you on Thursday around noon on the Southern Middle, uh, the Sports Night podcast again on the Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Network. This is Sports Night, the podcast presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Have a great day.